0: a podcast shining light on the unique stories of everyday people who have a positive impact on their communities. Here is your host of Uncommon Democracy, Philip Oroka. Mark Colwell is the president, COO, and co-founder of New Club, a golf society based in Chicago, Illinois. Mark's story is uniquely American. From his birth in South Korea, adopted at six months old and raised in the Detroit suburbs, to starting a business in Chicago. I sat down with him virtually through Skype to hear about his story of how he and his business partner started New Club and how the society of members are positively impacting the Evanston, Illinois community at Canal Shores Golf Course. All right, Mark Colwell, thank you so much for joining me today on Uncommon Democracy, how are you doing?
1: Doing great. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Yeah, yeah, our pleasure. Happy to have you. Um, you know, so you have a really interesting story uh, of how you got to where you are today, and I think it fits in very well with this podcast and what we want to focus on. But um, before we get into your your background, I want to talk to you about uh, the business that you started with New Club uh which you and your business partner Matt started about 2 years ago uh but specifically I want to talk to you about you know what what the impact of the coronavirus has been on your business so far you know
1: it's been um like everyone we've had, it's impacted us uh from the golf industry of course basically we had we saw golf courses not being uh, being closed and um we had to cancel a couple of our events that we would have otherwise gone to. Actually, right now we were supposed to be in Scotland uh, for our um, for our trip there uh, to experience um, the home of golf, which would have been great. But we ended up having to postpone that for a year, which is okay because everything worked out. the The Open, the British Open, is also going to move um, back a year as well, so it's not going to interfere with our ability to go play the old course. So. That was a relief and uh, we didn't have to deal with a bunch of cancellations so from that side um it was okay we did cancel another one of our trips which was very sad down to sweeten's cove in april um everyone was looking forward to that one especially after all the cool changes that they've been doing down there so that was a bummer too but other than that uh we've actually been pretty good you know people have still been wanting this golf society concept um it really speaks to a lot of folks uh you know people who are really love and are passionate about golf so you know, it, it's affected us uh, just on a short term basis, but we'll, we're going to be just fine long term.
0: That's great. Yeah. Um, how, how are your how, how's your wife doing and how, how are your uh, uh, both both families doing right now?
1: They're doing great. Everyone's doing fine. Um, you know, really, it's just uh, my wife is just trying to make sure that she can deal with me. So that's probably.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, we're, we're holding up fine. Um, we have, we have, a, we have a, a dog at home as well. So he keeps us going outside at least a little bit. And uh, he keeps us company, of course. Uh, the family's doing well too. Uh, I had to strictly tell my mom and dad to make sure that they did not go to the grocery store and the bank uh, very early on in the, during the pandemic because we knew that their age group was the most vulnerable. So I told them, uh, taught them right away uh, to, uh, to use things like Instacart and, uh, home delivery grocery services. So we got them, we got them home and made sure that they didn't go anywhere. So, but they're, they're okay. And, um, yeah, that's, that's really what matters, but, you know, it's obviously affecting a lot of other people and, uh, we've had friends and we've had some other folks that have been directly affected by this in a very negative way. So, um, it's been sad and tragic all around. Yeah. Luckily, luckily, thank God, uh, my family is doing okay. But um, you know, we're just here to support everyone else too, if we can.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We, de- you know, we we just talked a little bit about family, and you know, that kind of takes me to where you know, you've got a pretty unique story, uh, and want to talk a little bit about that. You know, to all listeners, uh, you know, you were born in South Korea, and um, you know, talk a little bit about your parents. And uh, the story of adoption and how you ended up uh, growing up in the suburbs of Detroit. Sure.
1: For some reason, and I don't have the stats in front of me, I probably should have looked it up before the podcast, but um, in the mid 80s, when I was uh, my birth year in 84, for some reason, there was a a large number of Korean adoptees into the Midwest, um, particularly in Minnesota and Michigan, if if I'm remembering correctly. And uh, my parents, they wanted to have children, um, and they just couldn't biologically. So they decided very early on, once they found out, to, to adopt. And um, yeah, in the mid '80s, they just went through the process. They had a, uh, they worked with an agency uh, into the Detroit metro area. Um, uh, the agency has been around almost my whole life. I think they just actually closed down um, because the, um, the the person who was in charge of it just retired. She's probably in her 80s or something at this point, but. Um, they went through the whole process, um, got approved for you know being um, uh, you know adoptive parents, went through all the the necessary interviews and all that, and um, and yeah, they uh, they got the call for me. That actually it's a funny story. When they did get the call, uh, for folks who are from the Detroit area, will know the 1984 Detroit Tigers was the last championship team, and um, the story is is that my mom was watching the uh, the clinching game. And they, the Tigers were about to clinch um, the series. And um, all of a sudden, the phone rang. And she was pissed. She, she, was, she said to herself, who is calling me at this time? The, the Tigers are about to clinch. Turned out that the call was to let her know that um, she has a son and it was me. So she was okay um, with both the, the championship and learning that she was going to have a son. So believe, yeah. it not, believe it or not, the story continues, too with uh, the local news doing a a whole story on me. And uh, it was pretty funny. Uh, I arrived um, around Christmas time in the middle of December, and um, they did a Christmas special on um, uh, adopted kids. And they did a whole piece on me and had my parents and my grandparents and aunts and uncles all at the airport. And um, we got to see the handoff of me to my mom for the first time, my mom and dad for the first time on camera. So it's pretty special. Pretty special to have that moment captured.
0: Do you, uh, you know, you, you also have a sister who was also adopted uh, from South Korea? Do you guys go back and watch that video uh, from when your parents uh, welcomed you uh, at the airport from the the uh, local news station?
1: Yeah, we do. It's it's one of our probably our favorite videos of all time to watch. Um, so it's it's just really good to get together with family and. Um, you know, experience of that moment, just live. It's pretty cool to see me as a baby and just how happy I am and how happy my parents are. And um, it's a great moment.
0: Yeah, certainly. You know, when, one of the things that I think is so y- unique is, y- you know, you, you were adopted at six months and, you know, from conversations we've had in the past, you know, you talk about how growing up in suburban Detroit, uh, you know, your you and your your sister are of Korean descent, uh, and you know your parents are uh, uh, Caucasian. Uh, and you know, there there's really just kind of a uh, a disconnect somewhat in that you've really only known the kind of suburban culture. Uh, and you know, could you kind of talk a little bit about you know? possibly seeking out or connecting with, you know, the Korean culture or your birth mother? And, you know, has that ever occurred to you and your sister?
1: You know, I, it's funny to me personally, uh, I've had, I've experienced that issue in very different ways. And, you know, I think that uh, the approach to that, um, that idea is very, very individualized because I've heard it all across the board where, uh, you know, people, kids that have been adopted uh, really feel a strong connection to their birth parents, really want to seek it out, really want to go find them and uh, travel back to South Korea and, and see where the family, their biological family is. And, um, you know, I think that's really cool and really great for them. Um, for me, uh, for whatever reason, I never, I never had that, you know, uh, growing up as to, as you alluded to in a very, in a, in a, in a like a very white Community. My parents are Caucasian. The the town that I grew up in 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 southeast Michigan was 97% white. Um, And you know, growing up as a kid, all I really wanted to do was fit in. Um, You know, I always knew I was adopted. It wasn't hard to see that we look. My sister and I looked different than my parents. It wasn't like it was a secret. Um, In fact, my parents and I uh, and my sister, we all celebrated being adopted, and we celebrated our arrival days uh, just like birthdays. So we would get gifts and things and. It was, a, it was great you know you know we, we acknowledged it um, and um, and celebrated it and, and thought it was just as normal as just as being born so you know from my perspective it was um, my family was my family and uh, sure I was born in South Korea sure I have biological parents out there somewhere uh, biological family out there somewhere but you know they're not really my family when you think about it from a just a sociological I don't know, Maybe even a chemical standpoint, you know, I have no connection to those folks and um, just, you know, I don't know them. My, my parents raised me as their own. I, I was raised um, uh, as just like my parents were my own uh, in the same way biologically. And I always thought that you just can't tell a difference. Um, I don't think you can um, outside of looking different. So, um, for me personally, I never really had a connection or a desire to go back and uh, and seek out my biological family. Although I think it would be cool to go um, travel back to South Korea. It's a really cool country. Um, if you know, great fashion there, great food. Even though I don't like seafood, which is another odd um, nurture portion of my life, is that uh, I was, you know, the 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 city that I think that I was born in was in the South on the South uh, portion of South Korea, which, you know, makes one believe that it was likely a fishing town, likely people, their seafood was 90% of their diet and I hate seafood. So, you know, um, it's probably grown up by the Detroit river where it smells like dead fish. So uh, (laughs) I I think, I think nurture is a real thing too, you know, and um, yeah, uh, there's, there's, there's something to that for sure.
0: Well, we'll certainly get you out to, to Boston and have you experience some good lobster uh, out there, because there's nothing like a good lobster roll uh, coming uh, straight off the dock I've uh, tried, from the oh lobsterman.
1: I've tried seafood so many times, and I just can't, I just can't do it. I've had fresh crab legs, I've had lobster, I've had fish and scallops, and you know, um, you name it, I've tried it, but I just, I just can't get there. It's really weird.
0: Yeah. So, so growing up uh, in the suburbs of Detroit, you know, uh, your upbringing, your your community, your parents, um, your teachers, your your friends, you know, it was kind of, quote, unquote, expected of you that, you know, you were going to go to college. That was something you had to do. Very similar upbringing to uh, a lot of people, you uh, uh, very much myself. How did you end up at Michigan State?
1: Yeah, like you said, it was just one of those things that I knew I had to do. I, I was lucky where I school didn't wasn't that difficult for me. I mean, I wasn't a genius by any means, and I didn't really focus on academia at all. I was mostly concerned about playing music and playing sports. But um, luckily, I was able to just be have good enough grades to get into you know uh, a state school that I that I wanted to and. Um, the next step after high school was was college. And you know, when we went through the process, uh, I, I, I applied to three different schools, um, uh, Central Michigan, Michigan State, and Grand Valley State University. And at the end of the day, you know, growing up in a very small town, um, I decided to go to I, I wanted a big school. I always had a connection or I don't know, a desire to, Want to go live in a big city where maybe it was more diverse. That was probably a, a subconscious thing where I really wanted to, wanted to live around more diversity. Um, I you know um, growing up in a small town, it was uh, a lot of folks know what that's like. So I I just have I've always been drawn to the city and to those centers where there's a lot of different types of folks, uh, different types of people, different backgrounds. And um, Michigan State was sort of my first uh, dipping my toe in the water of that idea. And uh, I decided very late that I wanted to go go to Michigan State. I almost went to Grand Valley State. Um, that probably would have made my life a lot different. But um, yeah, Michigan State was the place where I wanted to go because it was a big school.
0: Yeah, and you know your uh, your 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 love for music uh, really kind of moved quickly after after you went there, and that that's also kind of what led you to Chicago. Uh, is that right?
1: Yeah, it was really uh, serendipitous, perhaps. First day, I walked into my dorm. Um, my mentor, RA, that's what um, they call them mentors in Michigan State, but they're resident RAs. Uh, I looked into his dorm, and he had a piano sitting there, and I said, oh, cool, you play music. And he's like, yeah, I'm in a band. And I said, oh, I'm in a band too, or I used to play in a band. I play guitar. He looked at me, and he said, actually, we're looking for a lead guitarist in our band. Are you interested in that? And I said, oh, yeah, maybe, I guess. So he handed me a CD of his band and uh, he said learn these songs it was basically a tryout so uh, i sat in my dorm room for the next like three days and learned the songs (laughs) and then the rest is history i joined the band about four days into my college career and played with those guys for uh almost 12 years um all through college we moved together to chicago all wanting to play music um and uh yeah we played we played around Chicago as much as we could. And then, you know, then, then life took over and we all went our separate ways.
0: Yeah. As, as things do quite a bit when you're in uh, the third or fourth largest uh, urban center in the country. So, you know, one, one of the things that I think uh, um, I do think about with new club is the sense of community uh, that you, you and Matt are trying to put together uh, do you think? Do you think that sense of community, and you know, we're we're going to talk a little bit more later about a specific um, uh, activity or action that new club and and its members are are undertaking. But do you think that sense of community really, you know, kind of had that had your a foundation was built for you uh, from your upbringing uh, outside of Detroit, and you know, having gone to school in state.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> there's so many, there's a lot of layers to that question because, you know, golf is by, in, in a lot of ways, not that diverse of a, of a community. Um, and that's something that I, I sought out and still seek out. Um, but at the same time, you know, when you think about it, not from necessarily a diversity standpoint, it's just really rallying around a passion. And that doesn't have, really mean anything um, related to, to, to differing backgrounds. But Yeah. I mean, I I think it did, you know, just having like a very strong passion about something really shows like um, how, how important a community is because when you can find common ground with that common denominator of something like golf or something like music, um, it's great. It's great to have that community. And in fact, I think we all need it. We all need that type of type of connection and the type of community to, to both support us and be there in our lives because, um, Otherwise, what's the point? You know, I think you know all these things related to um, being together and experiencing a sport like golf or experiencing something like music together. It's it's really what life's all about. You know, it's it's uh, otherwise we're just by ourselves floating around in the middle of nowhere. So um, that's probably a little bit more philosophical and uh, vague, but. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's true. I think you're right. You know, I think that, 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 that seed of community has been with me my, my whole life for sure. And, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome and fun and, uh, an amazing journey and challenge to, to build this specific community with, in, in golf, with new club, with Matt. Um, so it's, it's awesome.
0: Well, yeah, let's, you know what, let, let's just jump right into that. So let's, uh, you know, talk about new club. Uh, you know what is it on a base level? And um, you know, how did you meet your business partner, Matt Considine, and uh, decide to make the jump into starting your own business and being a entrepreneur?
1: yeah, uh, new new club at its base is a golf society. and it's basically a community of golfers that love to play. and we partner with golf clubs and golf courses around the Chicago area, and soon to expand to different cities. And we go play, and that's really it. Um, I met Matt uh, at one at a, a technology company that I that I worked at for over ten years, right out of college. And um, you know, because the company was uh, you know started small and ended up being very large. Um, We we grew up within that company and we learned how to be scrappy. We learned how to be basically act like startups. I learned all of the skills that I have today at at the company that I met Matt at. And um, uh, it was really just uh, being thrown into the deep end and learning yourself. Um, uh, I, I remember there was a pivotal moment where we had a couple pieces of new software that we needed to learn as a company, as a business. It was critical for us to learn it. I had no idea. I barely even knew the definition of what these things did and, um, just dove ahead first. And that really showed me like, I could do it one from a business side, but it also planted the seed of, um, entrepreneurship and just really seeing, Hey, you know, I, I want to bring value to somehow, some way to this world, I suppose. And, um, you know, you, you get the entrepreneurial bug when you're around tech companies and startups and uh, developers and people that can build things like that. Um, it's really contagious. And uh, I certainly got it. Um, and uh, uh, and Matt did too. Uh, no pun intended for this during the pandemic, of course. But um, yeah, it was, it was just one of those things where uh, I realized that, you know, uh, my love for music was one thing, but. You know, from business side, I, I just I just love that idea of building my own company, and I and um, I started I tried to do uh, tried to build and start uh, a couple of companies on the side, which didn't, that didn't work out. But um, but the the idea of new club kept evolving, and uh, and Matt and I kept connected on it, and uh, we ended up here. So um, yeah, I'm very thankful for that. Very thankful for that journey.
0: Yeah, you know, and if you take a look at uh, the new club website. You know you, you guys have written um, uh, some core values. Uh, and you know there's community integrity, reverence, inclusivity, and uh, m- mindfulness. And you know, can can you tell me why you guys decided to pay so much attention to those five words? Uh, and then also talk about canal shores. and how new club is positively impacting the Evanston community?
1: Yeah, um, well, Canal Shores is just one of our favorite spots. I mean, it's it's, it's got everything that 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 we love about golf uh, It's community. It's um, dog friendly. it's uh, you know it's about just enjoying the game. It's not necessarily about perfectly print perfectly, um, uh, well done conditions and everything. Even though they do a phenomenal job there, uh, shout out to Tony and Jason and all those guys. Um, they 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 do just a great job there. You go there and you just feel like you're a part of the community there, and um, and it's all shared together. You can just feel that it's like a it's it's a it's a real it's a real true community golf course, and it really embodies everything that we that we think about golf. And we thought about those values very, very um, very hard, I suppose, because we um, we want we want people to know what new club is about. you know it's not about playing you know the the, the top golf courses in the world. I mean, that's fun and and if you have the opportunity to play those, Top golf course is great. I mean, that we, we all kind of want to play those, but at the end of the day, golf is really about experiencing it with people, and it's and it's experiencing it with different types of people. It's it's being a good person. It's um, being a good friend, and um, all of those values are 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 things that we really think are important to just being a part of the golf world. And um, we, we hope we we hope to um, to play. Uh, to include members and to cl- include non-members and everyone else the, that, um, uh, to show that, that that's how you should really experience golf, right? It's uh, people think that, Hey, you know, you're, it's about competition. It's about playing as good as Tiger Woods. It's about winning the masters. I mean, for those guys, sure. But for us, no, it's about, it's about just enjoyment. It's about, you know, you most, most of our members, almost all of our members, their favorite golf memories are with their parents, learning the game for the first time or, or, um, you know, playing with a loved one. And, um, and that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I think one of the things too, that, that, um, you guys are really hitting on with those five core values is, uh, the social responsibility that you, uh, and Matt and your company have, um, in the 21st century, uh, you know, you're asking for access to some of the most prestigious places um, in the Chicagoland and uh, uh, across the United States, uh, but yet you're making a huge impact uh, at a local golf course um, where the greens fee is, you know, under thirty dollars, uh, and you could be playing next to a a lawyer, and then the next person in your group could be. Uh, a school teacher. Uh, and so you know i love I love what you guys are doing. I think it ties in beautifully with what we're trying to do here with uncommon democracy in focusing uh, attention on everyday Americans that are trying to make a positive impact in their community, whether it be business or uh, charitable endeavors. Uh, or uh, they choose to run for political office. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about the again these five core values and how that um, you know really ties into to what you think is. and I, I think we've had this conversation before. You do feel a social responsibility to create a business uh, that is going to positively impact the community uh, and not just look at profit.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, all companies, at the end of the day, if they're not providing real value and and, uh, and they're just looking at profit, then they're likely not going to. Ha- they're going to have a, They're likely going to have a sub um, a quality product overall or a service. You know, it's companies that just understand. Hey, if you bring value and you make people happy, you make your customers, your members, or whoever happy. Um, then that's going to equal profit. That's going to equal the uh, sort of success as a business. And um, um, so we, we don't focus on, hey, what's, what, are the, what are the numbers? look like? How much money are we going to make? It's, it's about, well, are we making our members happy? Are, are they enjoying this idea? Do they understand what a golf society is and should be and what it means to be a part of it? Um, and, and everyone does. And uh, folks that don't, um i it's just it, that's okay too i mean the, you don't have to be a fit for new club and we don't have to be a fit for you but um the folks that do and the folks that really understand um what you know why we care about community and integrity and reverence and, and inclusivity and mindfulness then um you're going to be a great fit for new club and, and we, we know that you're um uh, basically a, a a person that is going to enjoy the game in the same way we do and um, and yeah sure you know you, you mentioned playing great golf courses and private golf courses I mean it, it, we know what golf is like in America um, uh, there's a correlation between the best golf courses or um, the most um, like compelling golf courses or most desired places to play and, and, and private golf with, where there's more limited access um, and that's just that that's how golf is in America and uh, you know um, we're we're not trying to change that you know we're not trying to um, uh, make it everything public or anything but we want to we want to show that um, uh, you can experience those places be great guests there and um, uh, kind of show a different way of uh, uh, how to experience golf right it's not necessarily about the um, exclusivity it's about the um, Perhaps it's about the history. Perhaps it's about the community. Perhaps it's about meeting new people. So, um, and I think I think folks are getting it. You know, I think members and everyone in our industry understands uh, what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I can also can certainly uh, um, uh, talk about that in a little bit more detail in that, you know, the the beauty of, of golf is, uh, you know, we don't know who we're going to play with, uh, in, in any foursome or twosome now. Uh, and you know, the, the ability to kind of break down a barrier, spend two, three, four, five hours with, uh, two or three other people, um, is, is just going to be, uh, it's just going to make a positive impact on everybody. Uh, and, um, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how, how people can get involved in canal shores, uh, and new club, uh, and you know where where can they find more information about you guys?
1: Sure, sure. I mean Canal Shores is one of those places just uh, reach out to Jason Way or Tony Turf on uh, Instagram or go to Canal Shores yourself and they're always they're looking for volunteers they're looking for people to help out uh, anything from chopping down um, you know leaves and and twigs and and trees to uh, helping shape bunkers, which I did one time and it's far more difficult than it looks, especially by hand. Um, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. And um, yeah, those, the, those guys are just, um, you know, folks that are very open. Um, and then in terms of New Club, um, I, you know, we're, we're, we're obviously on social media. Our, our website is newclub.golf. And um, uh, we're mostly we're, uh, we try to um, show visually where we go and the places we visit and the people that we meet on, uh, on our Instagram page. Uh, at new club golf and we have our own podcast too, Um that uh, my business partner Matt hosts and it's it's a great it's just a he has great conversations with people in the industry um, our members um, including you Phil which is a great podcast to learn about you and, and your interests um, and uh, that's really where we want to tell our story um, through those channels so um, yeah
0: that's great. That's great. You know, one of the things I'm sure a lot of people are are uh, wondering right now, especially in the um, coronavirus crisis that we're in, is, uh, you know, being a uh, entrepreneur and being a, a business owner. Um, you know, what if, if there's if there are some listeners out there that are interested, you know, what what are those two or three pieces of advice would you give uh, for listeners interested in starting their own company?
1: Sure. You know, I think um, uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big listener in the podcast, um, uh, How I Built This, and those stories are amazing. Uh, some of the biggest companies in the world listen to how they how they started off. Um, and one of the questions that the host always asks is, do you think it was skill or luck? And, um, you know, everyone has, has a varying answer of course but um in my mind um when it comes to entrepreneurship it's a little bit of both you need to have the skills you need to be able to build what you need to build and understand how to do things whether it be being strong in finance being strong in operations being strong in sales you have to develop those skills somehow some way because you're ultimately you're going to have to build a business that operates efficiently. You're going to have to sell your business in a meaningful way and be able to communicate that to potential buyers. Um, but there's also luck involved because, um, you know, we're luck, we're not lucky that we're here where we are today because it, it, it took a lot of skill and hard work, but, um, uh, we're lucky that we had great timing. We had, uh, you know, timing in life where we could start a business. Um, so, you know, when it relates to those things, uh, I like to I like to point those things out. But in terms of advice, um, it really is about just being um, committed to your decision, and you know, knowing that you can do it, and having confidence that you can, and um, and 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 really just like I I don't know a better way to say it than um, uh, making the decision easy for yourself and not over analyzing and saying. Uh, if I think I can bring value and if I think I can build a business, just go do it. You just have to believe in yourself in a lot of ways. So um, I think, I think really comes down to just you as a person.
0: Yeah. I love it. Well, um, you know, I love, again, I love the the core values of community, integrity, reverence, inclusivity, and mindfulness. Um, I think you guys are onto something pretty big and, I'm excited to see where new club goes in the future. Uh, And, you know, I certainly implore you guys to continue to develop other canal shore models uh, across the country uh, so that, you know, golfers can positively impact their community uh, as, you know, we're always looking for ways and for individuals that are uh, positively impacting their community. Uh, And again, don't get a lot of attention. You know, I think a lot of people still focus too much on whether it's celebrities doing wonderful charitable work and that's that's all great and good. But, you know, uh, everyday Americans uh, do wonderful things as well. And uh, I think you and Matt and New Club are doing a lot of great things here in Chicago. Uh, I wish you guys best of luck and thanks so much for for being on the podcast.
1: I appreciate it. It was A lot of fun. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks, Mark. If you know someone who should be featured on an upcoming show, email us at uncommondemocracy at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for listening to Uncommon Democracy.